Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12, let's begin reading in verse 33. Listen carefully to the words of Jesus. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Stop for a minute. Notice he said either make the tree good. Your life, Jesus is talking about your life here. Listen, your life is what you make it. Do you understand? If you make it good, then the tree will be good and all sorts of good things will come from it. We're going to see that in a minute. If you make it bad, then that tree that you produced on the inside will produce bad fruit. Are you all here? It is your choice to either make the tree good or make the tree bad. It's very interesting. We've been, um, I've been learning about the structure of our brain and all those fun things. And <laughs> Apparently, our mind, our thoughts, when we develop thoughts, they look like trees. All right? And you can either have horrible, toxic trees when you're angry and when you make bad decisions and, you know, you're living the life opposite to what God has said you should live. But when you do the right thing, when you walk in love, when you walk in all the things God asks you to walk in, then your brain actually looks like that, those thoughts... And that area of your brain looks like a tree with leaves on it. It just looks plush. Interesting, isn't it? Alright? And what we realize from this is, isn't it interesting that what scientists are looking at and describing as trees in your mind, the things that either make your life good or bad, Jesus way back, who knows he's the one that created us, knew about all this, Gives us a little hint. About 2,000 years from now, you guys will figure it out. <laughs> okay? Whoever said the Bible was behind science got it backwards. Science is still running to catch up. Amen. And today, we understand more clearly what's going on here. You see, this is a thing that we found out. That you make choices, and in, with those choices, you make trees. In your brain. And those things then govern your life. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? All right, I'll, I'll do more on this later on. And I don't want to get too sciencey on you today. But it's important that you understand that Jesus is saying the choice is yours. And everything that will follow now is based on choices you make. People say, well, why is my life so bad? Check the tree. <laughs> okay. In fact, check all the trees. There's a whole bunch of trees in your head. Okay. <laughs> Some may not be so good. You might need to get rid of a few of those trees. Let me just say this while we're on it. In the scientific world, the person that is one of the most knowledgeable people about this area, who's not a Christian has said that love is the key. That we have been, listen to this, we have been wired for love. 
isn't that something? God is love, and God made us in His image and in His likeness. And Jesus said, you'll be known as my disciples by how you love. Basically, I'm just shortening it down. Do you understand? And everything in the New Testament is love. And we begin to realize now, the reason is, that's how we were wired. We were wired for love. So when Jesus says love, he's saying, do the thing that you were wired for. You do anything else and you short circuit. (laughs) Amen? So we need to understand that whenever the Lord said something, we need to listen. Let's get back to this now. So he says again, he says either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad, your choice, and its fruit bad. Your fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. We can tell the decisions that you've made by the fruit that you produce. Amen. So don't come and, you know, tell us, Oh, I don't know how that fruit got on my tree. Naughty. (laughs) Okay. Fruit don't turn up out for no reason. You did something. It it (laughs) Ta-da. And now you're embarrassed. Everybody can see the fruit. (laughs) Can I just say this? If you don't want that fruit, don't do that. The fruit won't turn up. Okay? All right. Verse 34. Now, this is the reason why Jesus gets this way. He says, brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, can I say this? And made bad trees in your life, speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He's looking at these people that have been criticizing, that have been two-faced, what we call hypocrisy. And they're trying to be one way on the outside while they are planting all these horrible seeds and doing these horrible deeds where nobody can see. And it's producing fruit. And Jesus is saying, doesn't matter how you dress yourself, we see the fruit. Verse 35, he says, A good man out of the good treasure or deposit of his or her heart brings forth good things. And an evil man or woman out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. There is a tie-in between the treasure in your heart and the things in your life. Can I say that again? There is a tie between the treasure in your heart and the things in your life. If you don't like the things in your life, go and change the treasure in your heart. An evil man or woman out of the evil treasure. Notice, their treasure is evil. Alright? Says, brings forth evil things. Think about this for a minute. I'm pausing because I really want you to think about this. We speed read this stuff too much. Jesus is teaching... A huge lesson here. He's giving us the key to everything that's going on in our life. He's showing us what brings those things about. Those things that you have control over. Alright? And he's saying there is a way that you can do the right thing by yourself. And if you don't like your life, this is how you change it. Praise God that He's showing us how to do it. You can change a bad tree into a good tree. Remember? Make the tree good or make the tree bad. You can take a bad tree and make it good. 
But the thing that he's going to say is if you've made a bad tree, don't expect good fruit from it. <laughs> Did you catch that? He's saying if you made a tree bad, you need to go back and fix the thing and make the tree good because only a tree that is good will produce good. You can't ignore the bad tree. You can't bury it under the carpet. <laughs> right? I'll be a big bump in the middle. Somebody will know something's in there. You know, we try so hard to hide stuff. Stop trying to hide it and, and deal with it. Amen? And you can deal with it. You don't need a million counselors to do it. All of you have the ability, the God-given ability, to go and change whatever is on the inside. Did you know that? That's why the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. In fact, in verse, can you bring those verses up? Let's just go there for a minute. Wasn't part of the lesson, but let's just go there. Romans chapter 12, in verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul says, I beseech you, he's begging, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. This is a whole teaching in itself, but I hope you grab it today. But be transformed. So he's saying don't become like the world. Don't follow its way of thinking and its way of doing things. And when it's depressed, you shouldn't be depressed. And when it says it can't be done, you shouldn't be in that boat saying, oh no, it can't be done. Amen. It says don't go down that road. He says, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. You have a bad tree. You can transform the thing into a good one. Notice he didn't say, I'm so sorry. If you're messed up in your brain, that's it for you. We're so sorry. Just be quiet and go die quietly. Thank you very much. Next. The Bible never teaches defeat. Do you hear me? He says, don't conform. Don't think like the world. They don't know. You do. He says, you can be transformed. And he says, do it this way. Be transformed. Here it is, by the renewing of your mind. Isn't that amazing? Those trees are in your brain. And he's saying, you can renew those little trees. And it has been shown scientifically that you can take one of those little toxic trees, kill it off, and put a new tree in its place. Take 63 days. Three lots of 21. And so he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? Which means you can produce good fruit. That sounds like good fruit to me. Amen. All right. Let's get back to this. Verse 36. Remember this is all about the law of confession. So let's get to it. All right? He says, But I say to you that every idol, that means useless, dead, or unproductive word men speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Every idol, useless, dead, and non-productive word you speak, you're going to give an account of. What kind of words are they? 
Remember Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 18.21, death and life, death and life are in the power of... You know, it's very interesting. It didn't say God, didn't say the devil. It's sometimes interesting what things don't say. It didn't say either of these. It said that death and life are in the power of your tongue. It's in the power of your tongue. To a degree, your life or your death depends on your mouth. Do you hear what I'm saying? No, I didn't say totally. I said to a degree. Because I know somebody's thinking, Yeah, what if I'm walking and a bus runs me over? Yeah, okay, I said to a degree. <laughs> okay. Besides that, God would have told you don't walk there that day. Anyway, if you were listening, <laughs> one way or the other, you're going to hear from him. Okay. Either face to face or before. <laughs> we want to avoid the face to face thing till a bit later, you know. Anyway, <laughs> verse 37. You know what I'm talking about, right? Alright, verse 37. He says, For by your words you will be justified. By your words. By your words. Not somebody else's. Not God's word. But by your words. By your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. How will you be condemned? Listen carefully. You know, even though there is an application of a final judgment thing, can I bring it to the here and now and say, by your words, you'll be justified, blessed, bring forth good treasure. Amen? Or by your words, you will be condemned, you'll bring forth death and all kinds of evil things into your life. Your words are the key to all of this. Are you now beginning to understand why we are looking at the law of confession? Because your words, whether you realize it or not. See, I don't want you to think now. Yeah, but you know, I didn't know this and I'm still alive. <laughs> okay, listen. Being alive is not what it's all about. There's a lot of people alive today that ain't happy. Just go in the hospital. You'll find a bunch of them there not happy. They're alive. Like somebody said, it's amazing what you can live through. <laughs> okay? That doesn't mean you're happy. You're just alive. You don't want to just be alive. You want to live the life that God designed for you to live. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Either make the tree good. And it's fruit good. Or make the tree bad. And it's fruit bad. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. You're making trees. Alright. Let's get back to this. So we looked at the fact. That by your words you are justified. By your words you are condemned. We looked also at Psalm 141 verse 3. Where David said set a guard over my mouth. Okay, he said, keep a watch over the door of my lips. In Proverbs 30 and verse 32, Solomon writing said, If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you have devised evil, put your hand over your mouth. You can't shut up. <laughs> Do whatever it takes to not let that come out. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, the Apostle Paul, who looked at all this, said, let no corrupt word or communication proceed out of your mouth. 
but what is good for necessary edification or building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. He said, listen man, God wants you to speak words that will build up things, not tear them down. Amen? All your words are doing a work either on people or on yourself. One way or the other, death and life are coming from what you're saying. And that's the reason why when Job realized it, remember he said, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, in Job, Job 3.25, And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. And he says then in Job 6.24, very interesting, he says, Teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand where I have erred or done wrong. Isn't that interesting? He says, teach me and I will hold my tongue. He says, I get it. What I'm saying is destroying me. It's amazing how we read that whole book. And you know something? So much of the time the key is in a verse here or a verse there. And all the rest of it is just a smoke screen. And people get caught up in the smoke screen and they miss the thing that has caused everything. Interesting, isn't it? And we're learning here what causes either evil to come into your life or good to come into your life. Alright, that was my introduction. No, <laughs> I wanted to share that with you. <laughs> I want to share that with you because that is so very important as we move into uh, Mark chapter 5. So let's begin now here in Mark 5. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, verse 22, excuse me, Mark 5, 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, that's Jesus, and begged him earnestly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Now let me stop there for a minute. What do you learn from that? He says here, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Think about it for a minute. What does that tell you? Jairus must have tried everything before he came to Jesus. You know, your kid doesn't suddenly lie at the point of death. You don't wake up one day and the kid is lying at the point of death. Obviously, he had been thinking about it. This is, this is often what people do instead of going to God first and stopping the problem before it becomes too serious. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're going to see two people in this story that had tried everything. And I need you to see that with Jairus as well. We only think that the woman that's going to interrupt this story, there's a story within this story. We, we, you know, we, we often think it was the woman that had tried everything. And you know, Jairus would have tried everything as well. These are two desperate people that are coming to Jesus. Family, we, learn, we need to learn how to go to God all the time, not just when we're desperate. Alright. He's desperate now. It's gotten to the place where there's no one left to turn to except God. Obviously, all the professionals couldn't do anything for, this, for his daughter. Can we agree on that? Yeah, okay, are you all with me? Alright. <clears throat> and he says, come and lay your hands, verse 23, the letter half. This is Jairus' confession now. This is his faith. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. And watch this. Not she might be well. There's a good possibility she'll get better. By and by, if it's God's will, she'll do better. <laughs> Come on now. Notice his confession. And she will live. Wow. There's a confession for you. 
He said, you come, you put your hands on her, and she will live. There's no ifs, no ands, no buts. We're not checking, is it God's will? (laughs) Catch what I'm saying here. He just said, come, lay your hands, she'll live. Hurry up. Okay, I did that. All right. (laughs) Okay. So his confidence is if Jesus gets to his house, everything will be okay. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Meaning that they were not only all around him, but also pressed against him. Do you understand throng? That's not the thong, okay? It's a, okay, throng, okay. <laughs> Big difference. All right. Laughing is good. It wakes you up. All right. Verse 25. It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. I love the way Mark just throws this one in. You know, so here's Jairus. He's come begging and pleading. And Jesus said, fine, let's go, so to speak. I mean, that's what Jesus, it says Jesus went with him. All right, right in the middle of this story begins another story. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood. Who cares? We're going to Jairus' house. Daughter is at the point of death. Who cares? What's going on over here? Are you all with me? Follow now. <laughs> you got to love this man. <laughs> and had suffered many things from many physicians. Now watch this. Obviously, she had tried everything. And notice she had suffered many things. Can you imagine the things that they would have done to her? These people don't know half the stuff we know. I mean, not even close to Let's try this. Like, I can just see the woman, are you kidding? <laughs> okay? But you didn't know it'll work, and it didn't work. Remember, this is an issue of blood. This is a very sensitive topic. This isn't like a hanging toenail or something. You know, okay, we'll try another band-aid. You know what I'm trying to say? Understand where I'm coming from here. This is an embarrassing, this is one of those things that you just go away, I'll beat you with my broom. Kind of topics, I'm just saying. And notice that she had suffered many things, not by one physician, but by many physicians. So there's a whole bunch of them. Oh lady, I know what you can do. I've got other therapies that I can use, alternative, you know, let's go do this. And that didn't work. And then somebody else says, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I know those. You know, there's a bunch of this and a bunch of that. I know what, I, know what I can do for you. And uh, it all costs money. And had, she had spent all that she had. Isn't it interesting that when you have spent everything you've had, the professionals don't come knocking at your door anymore? Uh, while you have money, we have a solution. You don't have money? We don't have a solution. Go away. Amen. And was no better, but rather grew worse. You know, it's one thing if you got a little bit better along the way. And when she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. I said this to you before. She knew she wasn't permitted to touch anyone. She was considered unclean. Do you understand? Imagine the faith that this woman has. She said, I I can't touch him and get what I need from him. I need to grab his garment and get it off his his clothes. 
Imagine the faith to do that. Just, I mean, just grab a bit of the garment and you're done. There's a woman that's willing to receive a miracle, an instantaneous healing from God by just touching a garment while the ruler of the synagogue says, come all the way to my house, put your hand on my daughter and she'll be healed. But you know what? That's where their faith was. And let me say this to you as well. God will meet you at your place of faith. He will never criticize you. Amen? I won't criticize. I play around a little bit with this, but I won't criticize you either. You know what? Our job isn't to criticize one another about how much faith you have or don't have. Our job is to get you healed. Our job is to get you back on track. Whatever that takes. Where's your faith? We'll meet you there. And hopefully what we have is enough to make up for the difference. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Amen? That's, that, that should be our only... I need more time, man. <laughs> that, should be, that should be our only thought. We're not there to criticize. We're there to see how we can help. Amen? And whatever it takes. Some days you spit in the mud and slap it on their eyeballs. Jesus had to do that. Other days, speak the word only. Amen, Roman centurion. Now it's come and lay your hands. And the woman is saying, forget about all that. Just let me grab your garment. But now Jesus doesn't know about this one. Verse 28, for she... Now, it says, for she said. But some of the other translations say she thought. Can I say both? What you're thinking, you will say. And what you say reflects what you're thinking. So let me say it this way. She thought and she said. Because sometimes we just do that. You know, when something is so big on the inside of us, it's coming out of our mouth. And so let me just say, for she thought and said, If only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Verse 29. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, notice the two immediately is there. Immediately the fountain of her blood dried up, and Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned in the crowd and said, Watch his question Who touched my clothes? Watch what the disciples say. But his disciples said to him, You see the mountain throwing you, and you say, Who touched me? He didn't say, Who touched me? He said, Who touched my clothes? Isn't that incredible? He knew it wasn't anybody that touched him. It's somebody grabbed his clothes and the power went out of his clothes. But his disciples said again, you see the mountain throwing you. And you say, who touched me? And he looked, he thought, you know what guys, you missed it. He looks around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, she knew she wasn't meant to be out in public. And remember, Jairus is there too, ruler of the synagogue. He knows the rules. Knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Or the whole truth. I have run out of time. We have to stop here. But we'll pick this up next week. Can you imagine Jairus right now? His daughter is at the point of death. And this woman starts giving her testimony. It's a long testimony. How many years? Twelve years worth of testimony. Jairus is like, oh, lady... We're so thrilled you're healed. Can we do the testimony after my daughter is healed? You know, he could have been thinking. I mean, he held his tongue, man. I take my head off to him. Absolutely. Oh, they said, yeah, yeah, good, good, let's go. <laughs> Just saying, I'm being honest with you. 
Okay? Wouldn't you? Daughters at the point of death. This woman's healed. It's okay. We'll get you. We'll do it in the newsletter. Let's go. <laughs> Let's just get to the house. Daughter is dying. Woman is healed. Daughter is dying. I mean, all the te- all she go on and on, and then there was this doctor, and then he did this, and the teacher is like, God. and we're gonna stop there. <laughs> hey, Mama didn't raise no fool. Come back for the conclusion. <laughs> no, we've run out of This is just suddenly drop dead on there. All right, <laughs> let's have a read about it. We are close. <laughs> Hallelujah.